Keep 100% of your claim. Cheap for claims. If you've been hurt in a road accident that wasn't your fault, you should really talk to G4 Claims first. Unlike road accident solicitors, we don't charge you for our services, which could see you better off. To keep 100% of your compensation, have a chat with Nicole and the team. You'll be glad you did. Search online for G4 Claims. Keep 100% of your claim. G4 Claims. Gentlemen, and welcome to the. I never done it in a high pitched voice. And welcome yeah. to the Battle Fever Network. There's Connor here on the Battle Fever Network. Just thought we'd. It's been a long time since we heard the full theme tune, so we'll just let it play just for a wee bit while we talk in the background. It's quite nice. Is it, I can't tune, let's face it. St. Phoenix have done a crack job with it, and people always say, Where can I buy that? Where can I download it? We don't know yet. Right, but just enjoy it now. We need to get arm twisting them to make sure we can get it. Yeah, we want to get it out there and let everybody enjoy it because it's incredible, man. It's class, isn't it? Oh, it's brilliant, man. I think I'll just do the sponsor stuff while it's playing because that's quite cool. Thank you very much to G4 Claims and Company Swiss for all their support that they show the podcast. G4 Claims advert right at the very top there. Wow, what a tune. That's an R-cracking tune we'll need to get loaded in. Um, and Company Swiss have been fantastic for us uh, at the start of the season. New partners have come on board. Go and check out their um, their website. I think I actually have it, and I'll put it up um, in that days. So it's just kind of fade that away, right? Because it's starting to put me off a wee bit. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 you have to stay. I've got stroke. Oh, listen, steady. <laughs> it's too early for that pattern now. <laughs> No nine o'clock yet. We can't. We can't, we can't do. Uh, we can't do uh, battle fever after dark yet. Come on. Pre watershed yet. Pre watershed. Pre watershed. Um, so, hi. As I was saying, G Four Clint Company Swiss. Thanks very much for all your support that you show the podcast. Now, let's get to it. Who's joining us this evening? We have top right there, Paul Sees. How are you, my friend? That's your natural position. Top right. <laughs> 
I, I don't. I seem to gravitate towards this. But I'm, I'm fine, <laughs> I? Unless, unless I'm hosting, and I seem to slip towards your area. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, listen. We were in Amsterdam together, and it's not the first time you tried that. Put it that way. But hey. <laughs> listen, <laughs> that's maybe what it was like for me. <laughs> yeah. It's a, what happens in the dam stays in the dam. <laughs> well, I'm no, good, thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, I'm a busy week at work. Um, another day tomorrow, but uh, the weekend's almost upon us. Friday fun day tomorrow. It's it's Battle Fever Thursday. That's the main thing. Class. Cannot beat it. Cannot beat it. Um, and down the bottom there, the, the shaven-headed Geo, how are we, my friend? I know, shaving head and Cody, man. It's a, it's a new, oh, it's a new <laughs> Mr. Upside Down Head. I know, hold on. There, there's a there, there's a there. Um, I mean, I'm good, I'm good. Just uh, a couple of people, we quite a few people in the comments saying hello, Jay and Mo and Nicola, Rob. There's what about everyone? Hope you're yeah. all good. Hope you're all good. Yes, mate, brilliant to be back, isn't it? It's getting, it's getting squeaky bum time again. I'm getting nervous and excited all in the same, all in the same measure. Um, great to see the Rangers back as well, mate. Brilliant, can't wait. See, we started back last night, Joe, but just like an international player would at pre-season, you get an extended break. Lenny's out of office until Tuesday. Well, Fantastic. Oh, yeah. um, I thought it was Stone Cold Steve Austin for a minute there. Break <laughs> 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 the glass and here we go. Two more sleep and it's and it's Hamburg. A few people talking about Paul shot, the fact that it's a classic shot. Gio's also sporting a classic yeah, shot. Rocking the classics as well, eh? Um, classics as well. This is now classic because it's last year, I so I'm rocking yeah. a classic shot as well. On shots. Oh shit. On shots. <laughs> too much to drink. <laughs> um, on, on shots. Um the new the new third kit got leaked today, which is is the kit, by the way, the one that's going about. That is the kit. So Paul, come to you last, okay? Because I know where it's okay. going. I can see with the face, and I know uh-huh. where it's going. And I've already had a voice note into the group chat slagging you for it. So I'll go to go to Gio first. Gio, yes, what do you think of the new third shot, mate? If it is the one that's going to be late, then um, I personally I love it, mate. I love I love the the, the modern take on the nostalgia. Um, I really do. Mm-hmm. I would love to see us release a full on nostalgia kit, but I know obviously the licensing arrangements with with different sort of with different sort of kit providers, it's not. It's not really allowed, but personally, mate, love it. Who can't who can't get on a, a, a great color combination like blue and orange? Do you know what I mean? Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm, I'm in total agreement with Aldo. Castor have knocked out the part for me with all three this season. Totally yeah. agree, hundred. But do you know what, mate? Me and you were talking just quickly off air before we came on, and it, and it takes me back. The the kits always remind me of certain players, and and and, and for me, straight away, I said to you off air. Richard Goff, Mark Hately. I can remember Hately scoring plenty of header in that kit, you know, and, and and didn't it have the blue shorts as well with the orange socks? Yep, yeah, and, and you know, I loved that, mate. I loved it. And if anyone wants to get over to Twitter right now, I've put out a couple of wee Rangers blue and orange badges, and there's a couple of wee screensavers coming out tomorrow, so have a wee look. Oh, I love it. I love it. I, love it. <sighs> I love the shot. I love the central crest. Paul. <laughs> I really love the Central Crest. Um, it's maybe, different. It's different. We'll have to go with the times, don't we? We'll have to Adidas. move with the times. We did this one in the Central there and we mm. won eight in a row. I quite like it. Um, over to Victor Meldo here. I don't believe it. Here it goes. <laughs> right, off it, mate. The floor is no, yours. Right. Okay. Okay. I, I actually had that shirt when it first came out, the, the Adidas one. And I, I really liked it. Uh, my only thing is I have a pet hate 
of crests being the centre of football shirts. It, it just it doesn't seem right to me. Maybe it's because I'm so used to being having the badge mm. over, you know, even though your heart's really here, I'm used to having the badge over the heart. That's what I, I that's what it should be. Crest should be on the left, manufacturer on the right. I've just got a pet hate about it. It, it, it doesn't, it's, it's the symmetry, it's the, you know what I mean? The symmetrical thing, it just really throws my fucking OCD. So I don't, <laughs> I've got a thing about football shirts. I, it's a pet hate having the crest in the centre. The actual shirt, if it comes out and it looks like that with the stripes and that, absolute classic. But I do have a second bugbear, and that's and I've and I maintain this, and I've got other people who agree with me. Rangers shirt should be home blue, away white, third red. Red, white, and blue are the colours of the club, and that's the way it should be. But I will say that particular um, the orange and blue. Um, a vertical stripe is a, is a classic shirt. I had the original, and I do I do like the actual third sh- shirt that's out just now. If only the crest wasn't in the center, so I can't qu- I can't get on board with it because I don't like shirts with crests in the center. It's just me. It throws my OCD. Sorry. I love it. And while we're on it, would you make it a new goal someday? <laughs> Central badge. Central badge. Heaters going in, goals, I'm, that volume. I'm going to take it more means um, with me on that, as is uh, uh, John, uh, John agrees with that as well. So there you go. Um, Here it's Castor after all, do you know what I mean? Well, we'll get a red, white and blue kit, so don't be worrying. Yeah, listen, we can hope. Listen, what they've probably looked at is they've probably said, right, okay, we've brought out an orange type shot every year just about. Did they sell well? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? <laughs> you go, listen, <laughs> listen we, we all know that the Danilo uh, transfer has been held off until the shirt's been released because the, funds, <laughs> the sales from this alone is going to fund that transfer. Oh, no, yeah, I, 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 know, I, know, I know I come across like a victim of with the garden. My only issue with it is it's a question set. I, say, I can't really quite get on board with it. But apart from that, it looks tremendous. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And, and it, sorry, Gio. Cast, no, cast, no, I, mean, I, I was literally going to say it would not surprise me if Danilo was paraded in, in that kit tomorrow. It generally wouldn't surprise me. But, um, <laughs> there you go, I, David. Here's here's on. On you. There you go. Thank you, thank you, David. See, it's it's an, it's an age thing. It definitely is. Yeah. Oh, if I, it's not age. It's just we are of a, of a certain class and vintage. A bit like well, like a fine wine or a really expensive champagne. Kind of be J on this. In the words, in the words of Bill Goldberg, in the longest yard, who gives a shit? See as long as they win. <laughs> points, yeah. Well, what I will, what I will say, I, I, and I will, and I, I promise you this. If we win 56, I will buy that shirt, even if it's got the crest in the centre. <laughs> when we win 56. So, so I've, already, I've already set 70 quid aside for that, because it's going to happen. <laughs> Here we go. Well, I've said I haven't that, yeah. the white one yet, and I think the, the white one's an absolute screamer. Right, I bought the blue one. I bought the home one. Fine, I bought the white one yet. But see that orange and blue one? That's, that, is, that is just a game changer, that one. I'll be honest with you that even even the home shirts grown on me. Remember when it first came out, I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. No. I've I seen know. it up close now, and I think it's actually quite a nice shirt. It's a stunning shirt, by the way. Uh, on that, and I think Castor have took a hell of a lot of abuse for his various different things, design, you know, delivery, um, quality, whatever else, right? Some of it justified, some of it maybe no so much at times, but I think this year they have knocked out the part with the three jerseys. I think they're absolute stoters, um, that wonderful phrase we use in this part of the world. They're absolute stoters. 
Um, and I'm, I'm, I was, I was happy to watch the, the team in it and, and Tuesday night as well. I thought it looked good. Um, it's just about the players being good in it, and that's the bit that we need to focus on. I think the most. And the more shirts we sell, the more we can hopefully buy. <laughs> Okay. So, central badge, fucking left badge, right badge. I don't, back. I don't care. Get it for. Let's go. Um, let's go. We'll go to Lewis Mayo, who has joined. Well, we'll not go to him. He's not coming on the show. In like, <laughs> I didn't invite him. Did you? He's just. He's just. He's behind you like that. He <laughs> was alone at Commander last season. Um, and he's now joined him in a permanent deal. So our best wishes to, to Lewis, just knowing the first game of the season, if he could get a couple of deaths or whatever and let him get a couple on the back of the net, just to set his Rangers career off and, this, and get this, us a flyer in the league. There's, there's no letting here at all. It's going to happen. Yeah. I'll drink to that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, any thoughts on Lewis Mayo? We've not really seen a lot of him. I've seen him a couple of times. Um, just Was he not out of Kilmarnock when they were in the Championship? Was that was that the season before last or last season? I'm not too sure. But was he not a Killy then as well, I think? No, I think it was just last season, wasn't it? Was it last season? Yeah. Right, okay. But look, do you know what? I, I, I think we need to be realistic. And, and a lot of these young lads, they're, they're maybe with the club for since they were 9, 10. I think Lewis was with the club since he was 9 or 10 years of age. He's probably early 20s now. He needs games. What I hope we can do is what, what a lot of clubs are doing these days in modern football is putting in buyback clauses, putting in sell-on fees, that sort of stuff. Do you know what I mean? First refusals, those sorts of things. Because... Essentially, we've been very guilty in the past of almost giving players away. Um, I know Scott yeah, Wright this yeah. week flew out to Turkey and there's people saying, oh, he's only going for 500 grand. You know, for me, mate, look, I, I don't think we, I think we've been very guilty in the past of underselling our players. So I hope we can put those sorts of things in place for, for him. And potentially this is a kid who could go on and, and you know, you never know when he's, when he, when players are, are sometimes given or, or, or have the, the pressure taken off them of the club and the jersey, what the weight of the jersey are playing for Rangers, they can sometimes flourish, and that's what we're hoping we'll see with him. But hopefully we've got those things in place and we're able to make a wee bit of money back on him, should he go. Yeah, definitely. And I think when you look at the young boy that came on the other night there, and we'll get to the Newcastle game, but was it Efeco? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that big boy reminded me of Bassey, but just in stature, um, no saying he's the quality of Bassey, but in, mm. in stature, I was like, it's like Calvin. Um Hopefully, you know, boys like that get a chance at some point. You've got Leon King there, who, again, positive injury news that might not be as bad as first feared, um, according to Michael Beale. So, you know, we've, we've, we're pretty well stocked. Whether we're well stocked, and again, we'll get to this at the Newcastle segment, but whether we're, we're, we're well stocked in quality in that area is a different thing, you know, because we do have a lot of centre-halves. Are they up to the job? That's a that's a, a, a probably an opinion, isn't it? Really, everybody will be, will be different on that. But that's where we're at. Um, before we get to that, but we'll go to via play. <laughs> oh. Oh. <sighs> the SPFL, even the SFA, anything they touch turns to shit. Let's face it. Satanta, I remember Satanta. Yeah. Oh, Christ. <laughs> via play now and now we're stuck in a deal with Sky which isn't very good we're going to be forced to listen to Chris Sutton next year which isn't very good Um, you know even the Sky thing the day they put out it was oh, 48 games we can show next year they were showing games for League 2 in England rather than Hearts against Hibs last year now Listen, Hearts against Hibs isn't he a big, massive game in the grand scheme of things. Rangers Celtics, obviously, the, the, the earner for Scottish football. But Hearts against Hibs still a pretty ferocious derby at times. Yeah. And having it on, it, it would be better for Scottish football than no having it on. 
You know, yeah. so both deals, the Viaplay one, obviously they've announced that they're, they're laying off 25% of their staff, which I don't think is great in the current climate anyway. Uh-huh. Um, my union background coming in here, but uh, <laughs> good to have that, shall we say. Um, and then, you know, pulling out a, a lot of the, the deals that are certainly pulling out of showing um, British football. Obviously, they've got a deal with UEFA to screen the Scotland games. What's going to happen with them? Some people might want to watch the Scotland games, don't know. But Scottish football authorities are a fucking shambles, by the way. An absolute fucking shambles. And this is the first time I've had the chance to use this, but an absolute <laughs> shambles, by the way. <laughs> We're going to go down the why, centre. Why, why, why the fuck did you do that? <laughs> Just uh, Scott, do you know? Do you know what, mate? Genuinely, and, and I, I, I know we get a lot of a lot of Celtic fans tuning in to watches because um, obviously they're they're completely obsessed and paranoid. But you, you know, in, in all in all in all jokes aside, do, do I would love to know what other fans of other clubs think, and they they actually believe that Doncaster and his wee cronies and his wee cabal are doing a good job. I would genuinely love to because. No rational same person could from any team in any in any football club in, in the league could look at him and go, Oh, he's doing a fantastic job. He is bring he is totally deserving of four hundred grand a year. And I know Paul has had many, many a rant about him, so I'm just trying to get in there nice and quick before yep. before we set him off again. But you know, it can't just be because it's big bad rangers driving the agenda. It can't be mate. Surely other people have a fucking brain cell in their heads that they can turn around and go, this guy is stupid, idiotic, and he's ruining the game. He is absolutely ruining the game, mate. And you know what? We will, if he, if he continues at the helm, we will continue to roll back to those days of Satanta and begging for, for sponsorships and things like that there. It is an absolute farce, mate. And how the guy manages to stay in a job is is beyond a joke. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Paul, we've all had my say on him. You, I think Baz is the hell of a saying him as well, to be fair. Um, it's just, it's, it's you know, fucking inept every single time. You know, he show, he demonstrates how inept he is, yeah. yet keeps his job. It's almost like he's signing these deals and then going like that in his own contract saying, I'll put a two-year notice period in here for when I get found out, so at least I know I've got two years to find another job. It's fucking ludicrous. The, the idiots, the lunatics are running the asylum. I'm convinced in his contract, one of the KPIs is get up out of bed to try not to fall over and flatten your face. <laughs> I, honestly, it's just the guy is just an absolute. It's it's gone beyond incompetence now. It's gross. It's beyond negligence. the joke, isn't it? Though Paul, it is it's, beyond it's, funny. It's, it's, it's actually it's gross negligence. Yeah, yeah. We used to laugh about it, and we and, and people used to take the piss, and then it was all, and then lots of other fans from other clubs would have said, "Oh, it's big bad Rangers and all that." But it, it's actually beyond the joke now. It's going to be detrimental to the game. It is detrimental to the game. I'm sorry to interrupt you, mate, but I mean, no. everyone's making comments in there. I mean, w- one of the biggest things for me that we missed out on massively a few years ago was that subscription sort of based model that the, your yeah. Netflix, your Disney Plus is all that there. Anybody would pay five ninety nine a month to watch yeah. football. And the thing is, because yeah. it's such a low fee, you get mm. people jumping on and going, yeah. I'm going to continue to pay for that. So the model, the, the, the business model of that grows exponentially. But, yeah. you know, what did he do? He, he goes and ties us into these ridiculous deals. And, and you see that the championship in England have just signed a multi-million pound deal that, that absolutely blows anything we have out of the water. But yet, yeah. You know, again, but that's he's, what I mean. It, it's going to kill our game if, if this guy has continued to allow to do this. He's tied us down to Sky until 2029. And they then have the, op- they then have the option to um, initiate extensions 
that we have no say against. So they can, I think it's for three years. So essentially we could be we could be another another nine years Aye. tied into Sky with a with a, a substandard service. You know, listening to people like women, Chris Sutton, you know, banging on you know, with these just and and to be and what I will say about Sutton is the guy is an absolute idiot. But when he's commentating on English football, he's really insightful. He's really he's, he's very balanced. He's very fair. He comes up here and he does it purely just to try and get to to wind up Click the Rangers there. fans. Click there, and, isn't and, there? It's and, always and, the same. And 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 to, and to appease the, the lunatic fringe across the city, it's, it's extremely unprofessional. And that's why I say the guy's a fucking idiot because it's extremely unprofessional. Um, yeah, but I think with regards to uh, Doncaster, the guys, just, the guys are fucking buffoon. In any other walk of life, he'd have been, he'd have been dismissed, shown the door long ago. He's responsible with regards to time leak up into via play and the sponsorship that goes with it. The SFA had, are responsible for the Scottish Cup going to via play, uh, but with regards to UEFA, with regards to the international matches, that's UEFA who dealt. They said who said said that they are the most um whatever for 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 Scot- the Scottish national team. So UEFA take responsibility for going to fire play with that. But Doncaster takes a big one on that, and it was it's, it's just another inept piece of work by him. But the SFA are also responsible for the Scottish Cup. I think I think the game in this country from the SFA from the Tyler at the SFA to the SPFL an absolute disaster. They are they are slowly but surely strangling the life out of this of football in this country. Bear in mind, we're also the highest um, when it comes to um, per head of population and people attending football matches across Europe. We are the highest attended uh, league in the whole of Europe per head of population. They are slowly but surely strangling the life out of the game from grassroots up because of their inability. To, to get decent TV deals and decent sponsorship, um, I, honestly, they we need they need removed from the top of the SFA all the way right down through the SPFL board as well. Needs to get some fresh ideas in, rip up the contract with Sky if they can get it. They're done. Just start again. I know it's, I know it sounds like it's a fanciful thing, but until we remove these idiots, these absolute flipping. You've heard the term grifters and off the lot and troffers in, in on social media with referring to politicians recently. This lot are just as bad and they are absolutely destroying the game that we love. Couldn't agree anymore. Could not agree anymore. The problem is, is, is more, more touched on the point, is that the average punter now has to pay for Sky to watch Scottish football. Have to pay for BT to watch Rangers or Celtic, or in, uh, Europe. in, in Europe last year in the Conference League, <clears throat> and their, their team in Europe. They then have to pay for Viaplay to watch them in two cup competitions, and if they fancy watching the national team, they have to then they have to then uh, watch it. Uh, pay for that as well. Sorry, you look at down south, the, the English national team are on Channel Four, and um, mm-hmm. their games. <clears throat> Listen, we don't know about fees. They've obviously got they've got more of a pool than the Scottish national team, but it, it would be nice for the authorities to look at supporters who pay hard-earned cash every single year for season tickets for strips. You know, you've got clubs that are selling three, four strips a season. You've got Castor that are selling sixteen strips a season. Um, you've got you know, it, it, people cannot afford to go and watch football anymore, which was the joy for some people at the end of every single working week. Our authorities really have to take a long, hard look at themselves because they're not even doing a good job while making an asset. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You can even say, right, okay, listen, there's all these subscriptions, right, and we get that you're making an asset, but you're making an asset, everybody. 
but at least the product at the end is good. It's not. It's shite. The deals are shite. You know, like I said, there was some weekends last season towards the end, the business end of your season, where there was no Scottish Premier League game on on Sky. That is a fucking outrage. And yeah. should you know, should, we we should our, our, our governing body should be picking up with Sky to say that's not good enough. Actually, we've had two. But they won't. So it's, how how I mean, it's 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 a it's a staggering level of incompetence to be incompetent about your previous incompetence and continue with that incompetence with more incompetence. And that's basically what's happening just now. From the ground up, it's been incompetent. Yep. And I'm talking about oh. SPFL and the national team. The national team right now is doing really well. Bloody hell, we're sitting top of a group. One more victory, we qualify for the yeah. European Anyways, and, and, and what? And, and, it's, and we've been undersold the whole time by the masters of, I suppose, the masters of the game here. The people, the guardians who are meant to protect and, and promote and, and grow the game. They don't, they don't, they clearly we, don't we have, have The thing fuck. is, we, we didn't even touch on the whole Parks of Hamilton thing as well. The fact that Rangers no. won that case. Do you, do you know yeah. what I mean? But I, I don't know about you guys over there, but what I noticed was that the, the narrative when the, that when that was being reported on was being that, that it has now cost the SPFL 300 or £400,000 to pay back Rangers. So again, that narrative is being twisted somewhat to make it sound like it was Rangers' fault for winning the case, which they shouldn't mm. be put in that position in the first place. So again, that, 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 the way that story was told is, oh, it's Rangers' fault. They won, but it's still Rangers' fault. And and the SPFL are losing out on distributing more money because they're now going to have to pay that money and big bad Rangers are doing it again. But it wasn't if they had just listened in the first place, and this is not this is not me with blue tinted glasses on, but this is you have to take a, a step back and look, I know we could end up doing a, a three shows in a row about Doncaster and the incompetency of often. But for me, until until Scottish football takes an inward look. At itself and goes, is this going to work for us? Is this going to drive our game forward? They're, we're going to be served up with the same type of mediocrity that we've been served up for the last lot of years. Absolutely, totally. And the problem is as well is that you know you say you say about about last week and us obviously winning that case. <laughs> Michael Stewart, when it came out, said mm. the SPFL are the good guys in this. By the way, uh, what incompetency is the good thing? Is the good guys just because it's Rangers? Do you know what I mean? It's just no fucking right. It's wrong. You know, we go on about bigotry, we go on about racism, we go on about everything else in this country now, we've got a bad problem for it. Listen, see being a Rangers supporter, potentially political views in that as well, but see being a Rangers supporter, and depending on your political views, you are so far away from what it takes to be the modern day Scot in this country that it's unbelievable. You feel like a, an actual, you know, an outsider in your own country. You I am. You're the one, you know, the, 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 the Disney, and okay, it's a silent Minority, eh, the silent majority. Sorry, over the noisy minority. But it's 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 an absolute joke that because you wear a crest, a Rangers crest on your on on your shirt, that basically you're wrong. You know that it's Rangers that's done this. They're wrong. The authorities are correct. They're the good guys in this. And that was Michael Stewart. Well, we know, we all know, we all we all know the feelings um, and leanings of, of Michael Stewart, both against the Rangers Football Club and his political views. So I think his his opinions. Aren't worth a piece of shit, to be frankly honest. <laughs> Here, Mo's just said Scott for first minister. I actually think the two of you could do that 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 sort of joint role together. You know that that either either first minister and deputy first minister are just joint. Remember, was it Motherwell had two managers at the same time or somebody like that there, didn't it? Ross County had that as well. Ross County, there you go. I remember Liverpool had it with Gerard Houllier and and uh, your man Roy Roy Evans. 
Never uh, had it 10 years uh, ago or 15 years ago or whatever we, it was. We, 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 we built that sketch of Still Game with a guy comes I know, out well, and goes, well, well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As in, Battle Fever podcast party running. Let's just say, team watching this, our team in general, we'd be all right, team, don't worry about it. <laughs> we'd be well looked after. Um, but that's just... That's just we, listen, as Geo says, we could spend all day uh, talking about this. Um, the incompetency, it's plain for everybody to see and you don't even need to take an opinion now you just need to go and look at the legal side of things now that tells you the incompetence is very very clear um <laughs> battle fever's not clear david cameron no steady steady <laughs> Calm down. Don't you want to ask who's fucking who there? I'll, I'll obviously thinking back to that. I'll always be Nick Clegg because you always go, I agree with Paul, and that's why David Cam say, I agree with Nick. <laughs> um, we're going to move into football now, um, which is of course. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah. It's a football podcast, isn't it? Talking Rangers. <laughs> Remember, let's try and miss, let, let's try and let's try and get the crack on, the crack on, crack on. It sounds so wrong. It sounds like it's a wrong. It's honestly like Robin's thighs is bald Um we want you to get involved as well. There's a couple of callers lined up to come on and, and gaze their thoughts on you know, we played Newcastle the other night there. First friendly that the public have been able to, to watch. Uh, three new yeah. signings started the game. Alan McGregor obviously started the game, given it was his testimonial. That was the occasion. Um, uh, what a turnout he got. You know, what an atmosphere he got. Mm. Um, and rightly so, because the man is a Rangers legend, a modern-day Rangers legend. I think uh, Tom Miller said in RTV commentary that he had the same number of Rangers appearances as Colin Jackson, I'm sure. Which puts into perspective Alan McGregor's standing amongst the Rangers support. Um I'm wishing well for the for the future. Whatever he decides to do, he's he's certainly earned that status at Ibrooks. I'm glad he's in the Hall of Fame. He deserves it. If you want to come on the podcast and talk about Alan McGregor or the team on uh, Tuesday night, then get in touch with the podcast and any of our social media outlets and we can we can arrange to get you on. I think we should put a question now that he's away from the club, now that our opinions cannot be I know swayed. It, I know it's coming. I know right? it's coming. Now that our opinions <laughs> cannot be swayed by future performances, who is the greatest Rangers goalkeeper? Is it Alan McGregor? Is it Andy Gorham? Or is it another? I, I don't know if I would put in. I was a huge Stefan Kloss fan. I don't think you could put Stefan Kloss in the same bracket mm-hmm. as Alan McGregor or Andy Gorham, the late great Andy Gorham. So, you let us know. Get in touch with us. Come on the pod and tell us your reasons why you think McGregor's better than Gorham or vice versa. The other night there, we started with Alan McGregor in goal, as we says, James Tavernier, um, John Souter, Ben Davies, Bornabarasich, <laughs> John Lindstrom, Ryan Jack, Kieran Dill, Todd Cantwell, um, Abdallah Seema, and Sam, big tequila slammers, big Sam Lammers up front. Oh, yes, tequila, he makes me happy. <laughs> he did make us happy the other night, hopefully. Yeah. Make us happy. Um, we'll start, we thought we'd date in sections, we'll do the goalkeeping situation. Obviously, Butlin's the only one that we can talk about, because he's the only new goalkeeper, but 
didn't really have a lot to do. And then we'll go through defenders, uh, midfielders, and then obviously the attackers. Alan McGregor got, what, 37 minutes the other night and then quite yeah. rightfully got to take the acclaim of the, the Ibrooks crowd. And a wee parting word to, to Jack Butland to say that it is the greatest club in the world um, and to enjoy it. We can't really judge Butland, and I don't mean judge Butland in one game. We know he's, he's a good goalkeeper, whatever, but we can't even look at that and say, oh, you can see what Butland's going to do. He's going to speed up the play. He's, going to get he's good at the old coming out for cross boys. You know, we, we can't say that because the guy didn't really have a lot to do, apart from he picked the ball out the back of his net once. Um, so, early impressions of Butland, Paul. Not really much to go on, but early impressions. No, there's not really, and that's the thing. Um you say it, all he really had to do was pick a ball at the back and net. The goalkeepers weren't really worked, neither really worked too much. I say, I've picked the ball at the net. It's, it's kind of difficult. I mean, if you look at it, he's really only had half a match. Um, he's he seems quite vocal. Uh, I'll give him that. He's what I will say, as you say, he's, he's quite he's quite a, a tall stature and he's not afraid to come for crosses. Um, which we've lacked over the last few seasons. But apart from that, it's, it's, I can't really say anything, do you know, because there's not much to say. It's, 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 that's a good thing, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to add to that? I guess it's very hard with the goalkeeping, but... Aye, it is difficult, mate, because obviously he didn't really have much of a save to make. I think in that second half, we seemed to come out of our shells a wee bit and, and, and you know, gain a wee bit of a foothold in the game. At times, we seem to pass the ball around a wee bit better, but... One thing I will say, Butlin, you know, he, he he has a bit more stature as well. He's a big unit. He, he, you know, he looks commanding in his box as well. He looks he looks big in the box. And and for me, you know, again, I I think we, we probably need a couple of extra shows just to talk about our goalkeepers and and because we've been blessed with some crackers and obviously the the Gorham McGregor debate will go on. But you know, one thing I've been championing for the last lot of years is a, a goalkeeper who will come off his line and command his box and and. Because in our game particularly, we, we do we do face that when you're going away to some grounds and the wind's swirling and people are throwing in, in cross balls from everywhere. We need a commanding keeper who'll come out and come off his line and take the ball. So, yeah, I, I'm very much looking forward to that from him. Again, I think in the past, you know, uh, Butland has sort of been, he's almost become a bit of a joke figure because he's, he's had a, an error in them. But, you know, again, which goalkeeper doesn't? You know, which goalkeeper doesn't have an error? Every single player has an error in them at some stage. But... Like I, I think, you know, we've obviously, Michael Beal has, you know, invested in him heavily in terms of salary and obviously in Beal we trust. So we we'll have, we'll have to go with him, mate. It's, it is very hard. Um, extremely hard. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we don't really have, we don't really have much to go on. But, Paul, just a wee thought there. As, as Gio said there, he does look big, though. Would Beal say what he was, 6'1 like, or something like that? 6'2". 6'2". Hopefully he'll be commanding in the box. Something that we can label that McGregor really was like. Yeah, that's that's what I'm hoping. Um, as we we discussed this many times in the last couple of seasons when it comes to the podcast and talking about goalkeepers, how we don't seem to have a, a goalkeeper that will come out out with his six yard box if if that. And I think no, we have. And that's uh, hopefully it'll give the defenders a bit more. I don't even say you get McGregor behind you, a phenomenal shop stopper, but I think you defenders want a goalkeeper who's going to come for crosses. Um. Paul, what position did you play when you played football? Me, I was sort of right midfield or right wing. Okay, Gio? Right back, centre-back or midfield? Same for me, mate. Right back, centre-back and midfield. But we actually do have a goalkeeper on the line in Big J. And I've got a funny feeling where this one's going to go. Is that the Jay Gallagher, is it? That is the Jay Gallagher. Jake, you hear us? No, he can't. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. Let's just wait. Day back on night. I promise. <laughs> so the background says he's no, six I, foot I, five. Yeah, I thought he was something bigger than that. Look, the Butlins are Butlins are. You know, obviously England in the last couple of years, especially, have probably <clears throat> been blessed with with some decent promising goalkeepers. But Butlins an England international as well. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. You know, I think he's. Yeah. I think he's been reasonably unlucky that he's nine, probably made a few times. Yeah, I think he's made a few career choices that have maybe led him in the in the paths where he's maybe been second best. He was at United last season. You know, like look at look at Joe Hart. I mean, his career basically stalled, and he was going here, there, and everywhere. And then all of a sudden, he you know he, he's the second coming to them. I think I think he'll come good. I really do. I think it, you know a, a player like that who's entering his thirties is looking at this as an opportunity to to join a big club and and to, to play first team football again, and obviously and potentially win trophies. Goalkeepers are in their prime at thirty years of age. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah, I, I, and then that obviously begs, bring, brings us into the question of young McCrory as well, Paul, and obviously the potential to lose him. You know, mm. the, the fact that you know again everyone's going, he's not a young man anymore. He's not. But in terms of goalkeeping, you know, he is. No, has he reached the, the the level of maturity that we need to be a Rangers number one? And I just don't think he has it just at the minute, mate. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. I think he's a mm. phenomenal young talent. Um, yeah. And I'd and I'd, I'd love them to stay at the club, but I think it's I think uh, him, uh, McCurry and Beale have had a conversation, and uh, reluctantly he's agreed he can he can move on for the sake of his career. Because I always ask Michael Beale, he doesn't seem to want to stand in the way of in the way, yeah, yeah. He would love you to stay. However, he's not going to stop you moving on to uh, to achieve your goals, what you want, your professional goals, and and that's. That's kind of good to see. It's, it's sad for the club and it's sad for McDonough because obviously he probably envisioned himself being number one coming the end of last season. Um, but uh, no, I wish if he does go, I wish him nothing but the best. And it's and it, and it is kind of very professional and very good of Michael Beale to allow that. I do think. Sorry, Scott. Before we move on, very quickly, I do think McCrory's got a big, big future ahead of him, though, and I, and I hope he does fulfil it. And I hope it, uh, again we build in those contract clauses that that allow us to potentially buy him back or even or even potentially make some money on a sell on. We will try and get Jay back. Um, do you know what? That, do you know what it is? What? He's probably partying, isn't it? Because it is his birthday, <laughs> isn't it? Well, it is Jay's birthday. Um, I just we're having a wee bit of technical issues, getting Jay. But I promise you, I'll bring you back on, mate. I'll work on it, and we'll bring you back on, right? And we'll sing happy birthday to you. I promise you that. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, just, I'm no singer. I've got a voice like a goose farting in the fog. But here, just before we move on, lads, there's some cracking, some cracking comments in there about about our particular keepers and, and people saying there we've been absolutely blessed. Number fifty five broke them. I mean, McGoran, McGregor, Klaus, Woods again. Some some absolutely outstanding goalkeepers we've had. And, and again, for me, we've we've had some ones that have maybe flitted in a wee bit. Lionel Chabonier, I, lo- I loved him when Big Africa brought him in as well. Yeah. I, I thought he was a good goalkeeper at times. But I mean, those four names alone: Goran, McGregor, Klaus, and Woods. I mean, and you know. That's in the last 30 years. Unbelievable. Absolutely incredible. Incredible when you think about it, isn't it? Absolutely incredible. Um, moving on to the defence, like I said, and we'll get Jay, Jay's thoughts on the goalkeeping situation, but uh, back on to the defence with Captain James Tavernier at right back, um, you would expect that. In the absence of Conor Goldson, we've, we've signed Leon Balligan, um, but we had Ben Davies and John Suter as the, the centre-back pairing. And Bonabarisic took his place back at left back. For me, I think what it highlighted is in both fullback areas, we are still extremely poor at defending. Um, Tav does give you something going forward. Uh, and, and so did Borna at times. 
Um, I, I like Borna. I just think it's maybe the same as Kent and Morelos. It's just maybe came at that time when he has to move on. Um, what worries me again is is the centre half. So I thought Big Suter, to be fair to him, was really really good. I thought his positioning was good. I thought he was quick, in, you know, out to the you know, pressing uh, their forwards. Um, he's up against a top class, a top class centre forward in Callum Wilson, and then um, Isak when he came on. Um, but yeah, I, I'm. The defence worries me. I think is the is the way I'll put it. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I think I think, yeah, I think uh, big big suitors looking good. Um, I think our central defensive paving um, from the start should be uh, Goldson and uh, Suter, um, Balogun back up, and uh, and we need to buy another centre back. Um, uh, certainly a, a left sided centre back because Suter can play either right or left back. Ideally, he's a right centre back, but uh, he can't play left centre back. But no, I would. Um, I think it's time to move uh, Ben Davis on. He had a season last season. Uh, he was he had a few good games. He was he looked really good against the sort of lesser opposition. But as soon as he got any pressure put on, it, it just it didn't it just flattered to deceive. Do you know what I mean? Um, and Borna, I think you're right. I think his race is run. And it's the partner's interest from uh, Ross Wilson and Nottingham Forest bet the hand off, uh, take the money. Where, where are all these Saudi Arabian teams coming in to buy our players? Why is it? Why is this not happening? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Born is worth at least twenty-five million in Saudi money, surely. Yeah, I, I would. I'd take twenty. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think I think it's time for uh, for uh, Davis and uh, Bonabasic to to move on. Tav, you're not going to move from right back. He is the he is the captain, um, but he's it seems like a good young uh, young lad in there, uh, Sterling, who's going to hopefully push him on a little bit. But uh, you're right, um, defensively at uh, the, the fullbacks. Um, with Barisic and Tav, you know, offer something going forward defensively. Always, they just seem to get caught out quite a lot. But I think that's, I think that's, a, I think that's because of the style of play of them. They're always pressing forward, so they're always yeah. sitting, they're always higher up the park, leaving space in behind them, and they always seem to get caught that way. Um, but we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's just my thoughts on the defence. Yes. Gio, any to add to that? No, mate. Again, you know, I, I, I would, I would love John Suter to be injury free and to spend the next yeah. five or six years being a consistent and, and and you know sort of constant performer in our team. Hopefully, that's the case. But you know, history's told us that it's it's not necessarily going to happen. Golson's not getting any younger, and I don't know if anyone else has noticed, and I'm sure they have. But over the last sort of year or two, he seems to have picked up a few more niggles than he had been. He was almost metronomic, wasn't he? And he, he never never missed a game and then obviously that you know he seemed to pick up wee injuries and wee niggles I think we need to you know look at some serious succession planning for the next couple of years and you know while we've got that start building in those sort of new up and coming talents you know Davies I think it is time for him to go I said that a couple of times last season born a back pass again I think we need to rejuvenate that's what I've been saying it since 55 Bona should have went we should have capitalized on him but Look, again, for me, the bright spark there is is obviously John Suter, and hopefully he can stay fit going forward. I forgot to mention, sorry, his fitness. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that is something. I forgot to mention that. Um, if we, are we talking about defence? You're starting defence. You're going to talk about the, the the guys who came on as well. Just to, I don't want to sort of interrupt your flow. No, no. I think we should uh, also mention the fact that Leon Balligan did did come yeah. on. Young Efeko came on. Um, he, he, if Echo looks good, and Yilma, I tell you what, Yilmaz, <clears throat> I've said since he signed, Yilmaz 
offers much, 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 much more than Barisic does. Um, if only he could get his crossing down to a tee, it'd be absolutely beautiful. Aye. You know what I mean? But he's, he he offers something completely different going forward. Barisic will always go on the outside. Yilmaz will go either outside or come inside. Come and in. he offers more that way. He's more dynamic. He's more aggressive. He's certainly more aggressive in the challenge. And and what is this witchcraft? He can stop crosses going into the box. For a, you know for a wee mean? guy who looks about five foot two, he, he does He's do a good. decent job, doesn't he? And not, not only that, I, was it, I think it was the last match of the season and um, he went for a header. Aye. And he out, he, out, he out jumped a guy who was about over six foot. Yeah. So he he's got some spring in him. So yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't really touch about that. I think maybe stature maybe not with shorter balls coming over him as he's trying to sort of keep his position, maybe running back. But he's got a lot of speed and a lot of agility. Yeah. And I see. Sorry. I was going to say, by all accounts, Sterling Dujan Sterling can play left or right back. You know, he yeah. did say that in the presser a couple of weeks ago. He was saying he's not yeah. a centre back. He is a left or a, he's a right back primarily, but he does he can play left back as well. I for one wouldn't be adverse to letting Bona go. If we could make any decent sort of money on him, a couple of million quid, get him off the wage bill, get him, get a, get another couple of pound in the coffers, start Red Van at left back, start start uh, Tab at right back, and have Sterling. Then as your option to come on in either or. I know yeah. ideally he would like another left back, or, or you know the the compensate or the the sort of compete with our, our starting left back. But again, for me, mate, Bale has talked about having a young, tight, hungry squad. And that that again would allow us to do that. You know what I mean. But the young boy, the young boy who come on, and again, a lot of people mentioned this as well. He sort of had flashes of Bassi about him, didn't he? And you know, he seemed to have that stature, that build, and that quickness. And he wasn't afraid. He, he looked very, very confident for a young lad as well, which is good. Yeah, to yeah, definitely. And I think as well, Balogun. There was a wee bit. Uh, how should we see it? <laughs> Skepticism, maybe. When mm. when when Balogun came back, a wee bit of worry when Balogun came back. Um, not saying obviously one performance or one substitute appearance takes that away, but I think when he came on, you, you seen Bonabarisic, eh, Bonabarisic, Leon Balogun, mm-hmm. you know, a few interceptions, um, yeah. quick in the tackle. You know, there was there was a few good things, positive things that they did during the game. It is only a friendly, but we have to take into account the the quality of our opposition. Um, they are a good side. They passed us off the park at times. Um. And I felt as though Balogun... 30, 40 million pound players, that's why. Do you know 70 I mean? million quid for Tonali, mate. You know, they're, know. They're, living in a different, they're living in a different planet. They also they are. They are. Finances, but... Well, they're the world's richest club, aren't they? Yeah, well. I mean, look, look, yeah. look lads, it was, a, it was a fantastic game. To, it was a fantastic club and a fantastic game to test ourselves yeah. in. We're, ta- we're, having, we're wanting to test ourselves against the best teams around. Newcastle, you know, again, are going that way. That They've got the potential to be a huge, huge club moving forward in terms of European stature. I know they're a huge club anyway. Yeah, and with all their riches, they're going to be a massive club. And they're in the Champions League. That's where we want to be. That's where we want to be at again, isn't it? So, again, great test. I know we didn't see a lot of the ball in the first half, but it was a very good test all round. And again, and, the, yeah. you know, I know we'll talk about it, but the changes in the second half sort of give me a wee bit more confidence moving forward. That's that's really all I can say about the about the defenders. I would say, um, yep. I would like Thank to you. see another centre half join the club. A, a, yep. a really good centre half, one that we probably need to pay a wee bit of money for, um, because I feel as though that is where we're weakest. It's been weakest there last year as well. You know, we've not really addressed that as such. No saying Michael Beale won't. Still plenty of time in the window, but I think it's certainly got to be a priority. I know he's kind of focusing now on Danilo and, and Sifuentes. 
because um, he did say he needs another midfielder. Um, and, and obviously Danilo is one of a number of strikers that they're talking to, apparently, according to the manager. Um, but certainly a, a centre-half for me would be high on the radar. Simply, we don't know what Sterling's like. He can play centre-half, he can play right-back, he can play left-back. Mm. I felt he was coming in to be cover and to push Tav. Um, and he should be playing. Yeah. If we are if we are long-term planning on Tav's eventual, you know, riding off into the Saudi sunset at some point, probably, um, then Sterling should be playing some games this year and we should be getting yeah. to see him and, and seeing how it goes. Um, so... <sighs> I was going. I was going to say we, we could play in the cup games, but um, we won't see him because. He <laughs> like it. I'm here all week, folks. I'll kill that, mate. <laughs> don't forget. To, don't forget to tip your waitress. But Scott, see, before we move on to the midfield, mate, I do think I do think any move for any centre back, Ben is not going to bring in a centre back unless we shift on Davies. And, and again, it's whether or not somebody down in the championship is going to be prepared to give us the money back that we paid for him. So until he goes, and I think we will be moving very quickly, I think they'll be basically saying to him, look, if an opportunity comes up, you can go, you know, and we'll bring somebody else in. But I couldn't really see him as bringing in another centre-back and be potentially sitting there with six potential centre-backs. I, I just think, think that'll happen. If, if anybody from the Saudi League is watching from any of the Saudi teams, Ben Davis is an astonishing talent. Yeah, 60 million in his years. Ben Maldini Davis as well is what he used that's, to be known as. That, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, mm. Maldini Brazi Davis, remember? Yeah, <laughs> but, but, yeah, 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 yeah. And a bit, a bit of Sergio Ramos in there as well. Yeah, that's right. All I see is when that guy pulls on a shot, Richard Goff must smash his television. That's all I can say on that. <laughs> um, but, but, and you know what? Back Rangers players, lads, you know that. But I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's right, Jay. We're going to try again, mate. Ready? Three, two, one, go. Oh, I have fixed it. Yo. See, I like to do this thing, Jay, where I don't have the dial in tone, but I think I fucked up the settings when I did that. Yeah, yeah. Just the dial in tone. Right, we'll 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 fall back a wee bit because you are goalkeeper, etc. etc. I know your views on Alan McGregor. <laughs> um, so <laughs> who's best? Alan McGregor or Andy Gorham? Wait, get the bleep button. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, obviously, I still think Gorham is better. Now that, now that he's riding off into the sunset, McGregor is up there. Um, can he deny that they get what the guy's done for us? Um, he's, some of his saves have been world class, but for me, it's still Gorham. He was just in a different era. You know, football players were a lot better, and and what Gorham had came up against as well. Think not taking anything away from McGregor, but for me, score him all day long. Listen, as a nineties kid as well, Andy Gorham is a not just a nineties kid, but anybody who follows Rangers, Andy Gorham is probably well, he is in the greatest Rangers team of all time. If we're going back and repicking that team now, Paul, I'm putting you in the spot. Do you agree with Jade? Does Alan McGregor going in ahead of Andy Gorham? And you've got to take emotion out of it again, like like Andy Gorham, like Alan McGregor's now no a Rangers player. So there's no more he can do for us that's going to sway our opinions. We have to take yeah. it as of now. And also the fact that Andy Gorham sadly is no longer with us, he can't let that sway our opinion either. You're doing this purely on the number one jersey in between the sticks for us. It's it's a very difficult one. That's uh, I, I would I would say I have to go with Alan Gorham. Um, <laughs> a mix of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what you want. You want the love child and the pair of them in the sticks, don't you? Really, let's be honest. Um, um, it's it's 
I've swithered back and forth. Is it Gorham? Is it McGregor? I mean, I've seen I've seen both of them play um, in big high profile matches. Both of them pulled out some astonishing saves. I think right right now, right now, I probably see Gorham, but I may change. That may change in the other time. Mm. That, that's that, that's how finite it is between the pair of them. They're both outstanding servants. Both amazing goalkeepers. Um, I would probably think, I mean, maybe maybe just go on purely because the the, the, the the style of football we played at the time um, we were playing constant Champions League stuff and he was he was always there do you know what I mean but again McGregor's pulled off some amazing match saves in the way to the Euro League final oh it's a difficult one can, can you ask one in sport oh how you have ah! <laughs> you see if you take you see if you take the emotion out it as well right Gorham was one was in the 92-93 season arguably the the best goalkeeper in the world, and he def- definitely, yeah. Back then, you have he was arguably, yeah. Like, I mean, he's on, you know, he was he was up there, and even at the twilight of his career, Alec Ferguson take them to Man Manu, and he thought he was a wind up. Yeah, that's just a character right. that he had. You know what I mean? Yeah, you've got you've got a very valid point there, and I think mentioning the ninety one ninety two season, um, I remember remember it was actually a bit of a discussion. Um, even amongst English commentators, you know, because Scottish Scottish goalkeepers were Scottish goalkeepers were considered a joke up until Andy Gorham came along, trophy. and he and he changed the perception <laughs> of Scottish goalkeepers. Um, and I remember that I watched a program and it was hotly debated, and he was and he's arguably even the English commentators are saying this guy's outstanding. He's arguably the greatest goalkeeper in the world right now. Hey, here's here's a question for any East. Oh, here we go. Oh no. <laughs> One and one with a, goal, with a goalkeeper, you're faced with Andy Gorham or Alan McGregor. Who do you think is more a daunting prospect? McGregor's known for the shot stopping prowess. Mm. One and one, that's the thing. Pro- Gorham probably, really yeah. Probably Andy Gorham because I'd be feared that McGregor was away banging my missus at the same time. So, the overall, the overall aspect, right? When Strikers even even did it. They come in one on one with Gorham. You're, they're not getting past him. He's 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 saving nine tight nine at nine times out of ten. You couldn't really say that with McGregor, yeah. and that's why Gorham Gorham is just shades above him because he had that um, aura about him as well. McGregor has has got an aura as well. He's 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 a lunatic. All keepers are. You've got to have a spurious. <laughs> You know, to, to be a goalkeeper because it's the most solitary um, position on the park. Yeah. You you stand there. You can have ninety minutes. You can be stand there, day nothing, and in one goal, you could you could cause it and lose a game. McGregor's done it. Same thing happened with Gorham as well. But when you have that um, bearing down on goal, Gorham is it's not happening. You're, he's saving it. I think we'll need to have a joint best Rangers got them play a half each, right? I think that's where we need to go with that. Um, Gio, is there anything you would like to add to that or disagree with uh, that? No, mate. Well, first of all, Jay, happy birthday, big lad. I hope you're well, mate. And, oh, hold uh, on, Jay. Jay, with a wee, with a wee <laughs> surprise for you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jay, for everybody. Cheers. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, mate. And when are you going to... I got Jay a wee gift at, at Christmas and a, and a signed Gorham picture. So when are you get... You, you promised me for ages you're going to get send me a photograph of a friend. Get it up, you big shite. I know. I'm, I'm not get it up yet. It'll be awesome. <laughs> uh, no, but listen, again, just the echo what all these everyone said. I mean, it's... I think, I think you know, in, in, in five, ten years, we'll look back and this debate will be even bigger 
for me, you know what I mean? Because we'll have had we'll have had that opportunity to truly appreciate, you know, the, the likes of, of some of those cracking keepers and particularly that obviously that that sort of not battle between those two. But I put out a wee tweet the other night from the pods account about three particular saves that Al McGregor made, and it was the the Prague one, the Slavia Prague one, the one-handed save down to the left, the Vera Bremen save as well in, in that first run to, to Manchester, and the Samaras yeah. penalty. I mean, again, again, three phenomenal saves, but Andy Gorham could probably count 15 of those on his hand, do you know what I mean? And that's probably, for me, just the difference. Andy Gorham was big in big matches, and, and obviously as McGregor was as well. But look, again, you know, a fantastic argument to have, isn't it? I mean, it's it's... We, we could talk about this stuff again all night. You could wait, you could spend three, four, five shows just chatting about that alone. It's brilliant. Well, listen, Paul's going Gorham, Gio's going Gorham, Jay's going Gorham. I'm going to be different. No, I was Gorham the last time we had this article. Well, last time we had this, this you're going Letizia, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going, I'm going Alan McGregor, and my reasons for going Alan McGregor are this Andy Gorham played in. An incredible Rangers team, and had to make one save a match at times, and made the save, and and made it look the easiest. Van Hoedonk, for instance, right, made it look the easiest save in the world when it wasn't. He had no right to save that, right? It was just ridiculous that they even got to that. I put it in a McGregor into context, and McGregor didn't play in anywhere near a talent as, as talented a team. Rangers were probably a wee bit more on a level playing field in Europe at that time than what Alan McGregor's Rangers team were, um, and for that, Alan McGregor to stand out time and time again um, and, and no matter whether it was Walter's Rangers team or whether it was um, Stephen Gerrard's or, or Geo's or Michael Bale's, Al McGregor stood out time and time again apart from probably the last couple of seasons where age kind of caught up with him and he should have mm. been moved on. Wasn't it his fault? We would all sign a contract with Rangers if they put it in front of us, let's face it, the heart would roll ahead. Um, and that for me is the only reason but I agree with Mo, you cannot put a fag paper between both those guys. Mm. They're rightly up there in a, in a league of their own and it will be debated to the end of time who's the better goalkeeper um, Andy Gorham rightfully so is in the greatest strangest team of all time and, and should always remain there um, but for me just McGregor just edged it just for the reasons alone sorry Jay but that's just what, my opinion on that but it's wrong Jay, what do you think of the, the defenders then? We've only got to the defence, um, so we'll get you to the defence. We'll get Rhiannon and that as well that wants to come on. But what, what do you think about the defenders, mate? Um, that's the worry for me, I think, this season. Where's Gio? Gio's away. Gio's away. No, I'm Gio here. I'm, I'm still no, here. Jay's still here. Still right. here. What, about, what about the defenders, mate? Uh, get rid of Ben Davies and Bernard Barisic. Um, big uh, the the big new boy, big uh, Johnley, Yefeko. Yes, he he looks like a big unit. He he strolled through the game last night. I, I was pretty impressed with him. He done really well. So he's probably um, bought one for the future. But I think um, the way things are going, I think he may be in the team a lot sooner than we think. Yeah, it might be a necessity, yeah, because Connor Goldson is not quite up, not quite up to speed yet, and you're just hoping that Connor's working away in the background for the Champions League qualifiers because we've got such huge, massive games coming up so early on in the season. Um, and you know, listen, a lot of people out there will say, "Oh, fuck the Champions League after last season." And 
we shot ourselves in the foot a lot in the Champions League last season. In the end, time we had a. What's that? I don't know. Something just something just kicked off there. I think. Um, so I don't know. I don't. You know, it's just one of these things. I'm not sure we've still got you. We've still got you, mate. Aye, aye. Right. Thank you very much, mate, for coming on. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and we'll we'll get you on in, in the future, man. All righty. It's Geo. Right, mate. Geo. Thanks. Um, thanks very much to Jay for coming no, on. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's Geo's. Geo's got feedback. Geo's get feedback. It's Geo. Is it me? Yes, actually, yeah. you're all right now. You're fixed now. Right. I'm, 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 I'm muted you and I'm muted you. So I hope that the one's changed in Northern Ireland. Um, <laughs> going into midfield. Let's look yes. at our, our midfielders. Um, we started with uh, John Lundstrom, Ryan Jack, and Kieran Dowell. I was impressed with Kieran Dill's industry in the middle of the park. Mm. Able to get about the park. He's got legs. Um, Ryan Jack. So he's a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Jack, we have fitness issues. I think we always play Ryan Jack. But for me, Ryan Jack should always beat Rangers and offer something. If he's fit, I'm glad he signed a new contract. Um, I think he could be a key player, certainly with the amount of games we should be playing if we're going to be successful. Um, and then we have John Lundstrom, and for the exact same reasons I was talking about Kieran Dill there, that's what worries me about John Lundstrom. I don't think John Lundstrom can play that role. Um, they can, uh, you think the way that Bill set up was a 4-3-1-2 the other night, they had two up top, he slightly changed it to get us in the game. The two kind of outside central midfielders, if you like, the, the Dill position and the Lundstrom position, you need legs to be able to get forward um, and also back to help, help the fullback. I don't think John Lundstrom's got that in his locker at his stage in his career. Um, we need somebody else there. That's maybe where Sifuentes would come in. And I think you would look at Nico Raskin's cameo when he came on, that he's nailed down for that central position. Mm. He is a class above. And that lad, I just hope we have the succession plan in there that we have identified who's going to take over for him. Because that boy probably won't be a Rangers player this time next season. We were just speaking with this, Paul, this time next season. Uh, he's just out of this world is Nico Raskin. His abilities, vision, his industry, his drive, his tackling, you know, tenacity, everything you want in a midfielder, Nico Raskin possesses. Yeah, well, I think we have to um, enjoy him where we have him, shall we say, um, because he won't be around the club for for too long if he continues to play the way he has been playing in the tail end of the last season. Well, in fact, since, since he sort of joined the club, got his fitness up in sort of the tail end of last season and then against uh, a very fine uh, Newcastle defence, meant to just remember how much that particular midfield is worth. You know, with Tenoli in that, it was worth 70 million, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, they're, they're maybe a week or two behind us in pre-season, but it doesn't take away from the ability and that, that, that they've got. And yeah, it was only a testimonial and a friendly or a challenge match. Took it whatever way you want, but you can see the quality of Raskin. You can see what the boy is going to bring to the party. Um, so I think we have to enjoy what we have. Uh, I think like, Dowell's got a lot of industry about him. Difficult to judge, obviously, because it's his yeah. first time playing. If he's not played in a long time, uh, he's had injuries as well. Um, I, um, Ryan Jack, well, we know what Ryan Jack brings to the party. That's that's just not, not much more to say about that. I think the concern is, you say, Lundstrom, can he uh, can he nail down a place? I don't think so. I think he's going to be on the bench most of this season, especially when you get um, Todd Cantwell in there. You know what I mean? Who's just a, a phenomenal player as well. Uh, and then looking at bringing in Cifuentes. So I think you can probably start with uh, Cantwell, um, Raskin and Cifuentes. That could be our, our, our midfield moving forward. Timo. Oh. Hi, Mo. Timo. Um, 
I agree with that. A, a few people putting their, their kind of midfield three together. Gio Raskin, Cantwell and Sifuente stroke Dill. Um, somebody had said that they were getting moist, Brian, at the thought of <laughs> Cantwell and Sifuentes. I think it'll be Raskin um, in the middle and I think it'll be Sifuentes to the right him and Dill to the left him. And then you'll be stuck in the middle with you, but then up front, kind of behind the strikers, you've got you've got Tom Cantwell. Cantwell, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that's where he's going to go, but Cantwell is the beauty. I, I really liked, I don't know if you've seen this, Gio, what uh, Michael Beale said in his press conference. Had you come on and played a slightly deeper role? Yeah. He said about, uh, you know, sometimes, in the, and especially in the league at home, we have too many of our technical players with their back to the goal. Yeah, the opposition goal. He wants them to be, you know, driving, having the vision to play the passes. And we're sp- speaking about Raskin's vision there. That's that's certainly uh, something that's encouraging because I think it's somebody's actually recognised that now as as the Rangers manager. Um, there's something we've lacked for a long, long time. Your thoughts on that midfield three? Um, and who would be your strongest if we get Sifuentes? Of course, he's not over the line yet. Look, I think a lot of fans and, and, and not just us are guilty of, of building up these players before they've even kicked the ball. I mean, I, I haven't, I genuinely haven't even seen this Fuentes kid. And, and, and again, by all accounts, he's very, very good. Um, the, the thing that stood out for me the other night, particularly, was in that sort of what you want to call defensive midfield role, Raskin fitted into that role. But it was his drive and his ability to move forward with the ball that we absolutely missed. And you've seen the huge, huge difference in that second half. To the, to the way the game played out. He actually was one stage, and it's been shared quite a lot on social media, where he picked up the ball at, you know, off the back four and he drove past three Newcastle players. So in one move, he eliminated that. We don't have any other midfielders who can do that, who play in that defensive role. You're not going to get Jack doing that. You're not going to get Lundstrom doing that. And they've got individually, they've, they've got good qualities. But in terms of a team, you know, again, if things work out, Cantwell for me is in there. Raskin's in there and then again it's just going to be whether or not he can put in Jack, he can put in Fuentes, he can put in even even Kieran Dyle or even or even Lundstrom. I think Lundstrom, like you said, mate, doesn't necessarily have the legs to drive box to box anymore. Um, but as a as a holder midfielder, and there will be places for him in certain games, especially in tight away games where we're maybe got less ball and we need people to dig in, that's your games for Lundstrom. But in terms of dictating play and driving forward play. Raskin has to be in there, absolutely nailed on every day of the week. Our, yep. our only worry is Kim Holdium. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it's not going to happen if he continues the way he's going. Let's be honest. We ha- no. but, we, but as I said, if, it, if anybody from Saudi Arabia is watching, this guy's amazing. Two hundred and fifty million the, is yours. But the, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't it more justified now why Michael Bain was so persistent and, and insistent on getting him in early instead absolutely. of potentially waiting and, and that that million and a half quid? And a lot of people question that going. Why are we spending a million and a half or whatever it was to get him in now and we can get him for three and six months? That is why. That's why. Because that, that player. That too. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think after watching I think we've watched him a few matches, maybe I thought the fourth game. Yeah. And he was just starting to, he was just starting to get his fitness up at that point. And I think we I think the three of us sat here on a podcast and we actually said Beale's got we think Beale's probably got this right. Yeah, it was a bit of an outlay, but in Beale we trust. Yeah. And we, in Beale yeah. we have to trust. And it, and it's looking like that's proven to be the case with, yeah. with Raskin, certainly. Well, who's the two that you're buzzing about? That, are, that I mean, that would carried over for last season that we're looking forward to watching. It's Cantwell and it's Nico Raskin. Yeah, definitely. That's that you know that's justification that Michael Beale can identify a player. Um, there's many risks to it with the lack of director of football thing. The risk having a director of football is he signs shite players. Step forward, Ross Wilson. 
you know, you take him out of it and you bring Michael Beale into the fore and, and he looks as though he's got an eye for a player, certainly in the first two. Mm-hmm. Too early to judge, uh, judge the new guys just yet, but certainly in your Cantwell and Raskin's case, then, yeah, you would say that they're successes um, and will only add to Rangers' success going forward. We need to now surround them with good players and that's when, as we move into this, you know, talking about the, the attacking side of your team here on Tuesday night, you know, we started with Sima and Big Tequila up front. Sima, for me, looks as though he's the type of player who would like to probably get the ball and again have his have you know have his back to go. You know, be driving forward, committing players with his pace. Um, he's strong. He showed that a couple of times in Tuesday night. Um, and then you probably find you'll have Adessas and maybe Danilo coming, who'll be a wee bit more comfortable with their back to go. Um, a lot of people quite rightly so drop him Cantwell back one. As Michael Beal said with Hadji and Cantwell playing them a wee bit deeper. Cantwell played there last year as well. And that would allow Lammers to slot in in that kind of you know attacking midfield role just in behind the two strikers. Um it's it's encouraging because within that you certainly have certain you know formations that you can revert back to um if it's not working, as he did on Tuesday night to Michael Beale's credit and got us a foothold in the game. It's Exciting for me as a Rangers supporter to see these kind of attacking, technically gifted players coming into the team. Hopefully, you're going to start to see decent football and certainly running over the top of teams at Ibrooks. Um, and then it's a way for home where some of these new guys will need to settle in pretty quickly, you know, because Sima <laughs> for me looked as though it was, it was get the ball in behind. And doing so, you're missing out Cantwell, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're taking the ball away from him because you're bypassing him. Now, when, when Aberdeen, when Livingston, David Martindale is famous, fa- famous for it, when they come to Ibrox, they're not going to come out and leave space in behind for that you know, that sort of pace. We're going to have to break them down. That's where your Cantwells, Raskins, Lammers, all these guys will come into it. Um, so that that's the bit for me, Bill has to get right. You know, that's that's the point. Um, he has to get right. What was your thoughts, Gio, on Seema? Um, because he's very pacey, but it looks it. Mm. has a trick, strong. Um, I think he'll do well for Rangers, but we need to utilise him correctly. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right, mate. I think there's, like you say, when when, when you want to go long and you want to go down the channels, you're almost bypassing the likes of the likes of uh, Todd Cantwell. And again, we all love Todd Cantwell and and, and his, his his love for the club and how much he's bought into it. But we can't be reliant on him all the time. We can't be yeah. go, playing everything through him, you know, or everything through a Hadji or everything through a Lammers. We have to be able to play. We have to be able to mix it up. I mean, you know, Mark Warburton was, you know, famous for his plan B is to do plan A better. You know, that, you know, we can't be reliant on that. We are going to go away to some grounds that are a wee bit stuffy and we need to play long balls and we need to go into the channels. And that's why a big imposing channel, you know, I'm not drawing comparisons, but if you were to to draw a comparison, a wee bit of the Daniel Cousins about him because he's big in stature, he's strong, but he's reasonably quick as well. Good technically with good feet. I know we've only seen a wee bit of him, but hopefully that's the type of player we'll get out of him. But he's a young lad who's obviously, you know, before he went to Brighton, was 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 by all accounts pretty high thought of and pretty well thought of throughout Europe, especially with Slavia. And you know, um, I think you know again we're 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 getting we're finding hopefully finding a great balance between that technical ability, but also that that sort of strength. And I think it was even Tab said um, in, a, in a thing recently there. It's 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 like land of the giants now in Ibrox because everyone seems to be big. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know, we've got Simo, we've got Lammers, we've got all these big guys coming in. Kieran Dial as well, apparently six one, six two for a for a centre midfielder, you know. So we're we're adding that wee bit, you know, to it and, and hopefully 
hopefully, again, I don't think necessarily when you're trying to blend all those talents in, it's going to be difficult to see where they all go, but it's, it's a great headache to have, isn't it? Also, mm. Paul, you've still got Kamal Roof to add into that equation. You've still got Dessers to add into that equation. And hopefully, Danilo, if, if reports are true, you were just saying before we came on um, air about you know the, the improved, the third improved bid now that's been in for Danilo, pushing it towards that six million um, asking price. It seems to be certainly the fee that's bandied about in the press. It's exciting times. It is, yeah, and it's. Uh, I wouldn't want to be Michael Beal um, because he's got a bit of a headache trying if he gets these people in to try and to, to, to pick a first eleven. But it's a nice headache to have. Let's be honest. Mm. Um, what, what, yeah, yeah. What I will say is, he's 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 building he's building a squad that can play different ways depending on who the opposition is or if things happen during the match. Instead of having, I think that's been our problem. You know, we've been kind of it's always been tavern ball down the left, get the crosses in, try and knock it, try and score. One dimensional, Paul, hasn't it? It's been very one dimensional, yeah. especially when and, we did and we all loved Alfie. Sorry, mate, to interrupt you, but we had Alfie and we always played through him. Do you know now yeah. I think what you're saying, exactly what you're saying, mate, and you're hundred percent right. We're finding we're hopefully building bringing players in to play different versions of football, and that's what we've that's yeah. what we've needed. And also the players are bringing in can play. Uh, not just one position; they can play yeah. two, possibly three, you know, like your Sterlings and things like that. So they can, so they can play various positions. But within their main position, they can also sort of switch out of that, and they can play different formations within their own position as well. Mm. So they can, so they, if they go four three three or four one two whatever, what, you know what I mean, we've got all these different connotations the way they can do. And I think, I think that's the way he's building his team because he's not hard and rigid. We've noticed this already. In, in the games last last season, it was different four three three. It was sometimes a four one two on. You know, it's all that sort of stuff. So I think it's good to have that to be able to mix up a little bit. But he's, I think he was kind of hamstrung with the playing squad he had last season by moving players on and getting in who he wants. Now yeah. we're going to see. I, I'm quite excited about the season to see how this is going to go. The first five or six games are going to be very telling to see how the season is going to progress and also uh, our European matches to see how we go there. Well, Paul, can, can, sorry, Scott, Cantwell's mm-hmm. case in point on that, isn't he? I think a lot of people thought when Todd Cantwell came in, he was a bit of a winger, a bit of a fancy player. Yeah, he really yeah. The hard. And again, with everyone, mate, has been proven totally wrong by that. He, he is a he is a midfielder. He's, he's predominantly, especially in the league, he sits in and plays as part of that three in midfield. He does, and he, But he can step into the, the further position, almost a 10. He can step off the either wing, and again, yep. that's what you're saying, mate. 100 again. You're saying, you know, we need players who can play in those multiple positions, but, but play them well. But he's also he's also a, he's a he's a grafter, and he's not uh, afraid to get stuck in. He's very he's actually very physical, and, and that's that's the thing that surprised me the most about Todd Catwell. We discussed yeah. this before, actually. How, he enjoys that side of the game. He just has just how just how he loves to get get the foot in. Do you know what I mean? And really go for the tackles, and we mm. we love that. This is that that's Scottish football. Yeah, that's all we want, isn't it? Yeah, somebody who'll give his all. You know, you don't you don't have to be absolutely outstanding and technically brilliant. As long as you give hundred and ten percent, everything is put yeah. foot in the park. You know, give your all and and don't make too many bloody mistakes because we, we we all make mistakes. But well, you love it. But the fact the fact he's so technically gifted, but he's quite prepared to put his foot in. I don't think I saw him doing that in, in for, for Norwich and English Premiership. Maybe maybe I'm mistaken, but I don't think he's he experienced the kind of blood and thunder kind of football as he's getting up here. He seems to be enjoying it. I mean, his Instagram and his, and his social media is 
completely see that. Sorry, just drift off to the Todd Cantwell thing. I just, I think the guy's brilliant. But it's a case of getting the bug and, and it biting you and it, and it taking a, a grip of you and, and you're no arranged, man. And, it's ability yeah. be this podcast, the, grip, the, the bug grips you, grips it takes you. you. <laughs> <laughs> grip, it grips you like, by the fucking balls uh, like that. Oh, by the way, I, 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 I didn't say my contract extension. <laughs> I think, though, you know, we've went through all the, you know, defenders, goalkeepers, defenders, midfielders and attackers there. And he and spoke in great depth about the new guys and the existing, the ones that we know all about, essentially. Look at all the new guys. When you look at it, the one thing they've all got in common is flexibility, as you've just said there, Paul. Right? Obviously, apart from the goalkeeper, the goalkeeper plays in goals. I don't want to see him playing right back. Right? He plays in goals. Right? Staker. Look at Leon Balakin. Not on that front. Leon Balakin can pretty much play across the back four, and he has done. Aye. And um, Sterling's apparently like that. You look. You go into midfield. You know, Dowell can play as a number ten. He can play as a number eight. Um, so Fuentes is going to be able to be you flexible if he, if he eventually joins the he's, club. He's, he's, he's a six, eight, or ten, apparently. Ah, Bill said, I mean, Bill just... said that. It's, it's everybody can play different positions. Dessers, Danilo, Lammers, you know, they all can play these different these different roles within certain formations. That was the downfall of Antonio Cholak. Nobody was ever doubting mm. how good a player Antonio Cholak was, oh, how good yeah, a goal yeah, scorer yeah. Antonio Cholak was. But he doesn't suit what Bill's trying to do. You know what I mean? They have to be able to switch. You play Cholak one way, and that's the way that he's playing. That's it. That's why he suited Geo's system. Geo's system was of Kent in the fucking press box with us, and have you know Sakala, whoever it was in the right, and fucking the Govan, and 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 Alexander Jardin stand, and and put balls in, and that's why the big man scored as many goals as he did at the start of last season. Moving forward, it's evolving as a team now. The managers a lot more. Um, there's a lot more fluidity to the game now, and uh, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to watching. Michael Beale's uh, team this year. We've got Rhiannon, hopefully, fingers overlap on the line. Rhiannon, can you hear us? I can. Can you hear me? Yes. Yay. Hello, Rhiannon. Can it beat it? Rhiannon, we were thinking, we were talking there about the midfield and the strikers. Obviously, you've been contributing in the chat and you've came on. Um, what's your thoughts on the team the other night, Tuesday night, look, looking in the midfield area and also as, as we head further up the pitch? I was actually really, really impressed with the midfield. Um, I really like the look of Kieran Dill. I think he'll be bright for us. I mean, general consensus, obviously. I would have Dill, uh, Raskin and Cantwell as our midfield three. But obviously, when you look at kind of up front and the players, we've got people like Seema and uh, Ciro Dressers and obviously uh, Big, uh, Big Sam. I thought he was the, the pressing was uh, impressive, uh, especially leading up to our goal. Um, and it's just, it's like night and day, I think, in midfield, especially the, the positive forward play that we've got going on, considering where we were kind of this time last season. Rihanna, did you mention Big Tequila's goal there? I did, I did. Big Tequila. He's been waiting, he's been waiting for that all night. No, it is, it's exciting. And by the way, we're not finished yet either, by all accounts, if you look at the, the media. No, definitely not. And I think that's that's even very exciting that I kinda of put in the chat, Bill knows who he wants and he seems to identify players who bring strength to the club. And I think we've seen that uh, against a very, very good Newcastle side. I think somebody put in the chat that he had to they brought on two hundred and fifty million pounds worth of players. So to kinda of do what we did and for a team that finished fourth in the Premier League and is in Champions League, I thought we had an excellent performance. Yeah. Totally, totally. I don't think it would be fair to have you on without talking about the Rangers women, 
Um, a few changes to that squad and also we, we said last week about the, the manager changing. Um, what's your thoughts on what's happening with the Rangers women's team? Um, are we confident this year that we can we can reclaim the title? I hope so. I think a big kind of problem for me and, and for kind of most fans was the very, very, how do I word this, strange kind of substitutions, especially the lack of substitutes at times. You know, he's taking people like Brogan Hay off and things like that. So um, Malky did do well for us. We did win an Invincible League, but personally for myself, I think the game in which Celtic beat us now, that was that was time to go for Malky in my opinion. Um there was no changes, there was no forward thinking. It was like stick to planning, hope that works, sort of like kind of what the men were doing. Yeah. It didn't work and there was no plan B and it just kind of felt shit really. I think prime examples of the last league game of the season against Glasgow City, we were defensively poor, but we had this ten- tendency to pass the ball a lot. I think it was Madden Olf who was in on goal and rather than shooting the ball, was passing it to the next available player. And as a team, you should be shooting when you have those opportunities. Um, I think we're playing hearts. We won that game 6-0, but at the same time, unless Kirsten McLean's shooting that ball, the ball's not going in the back of the net. Um, so they were kind of massive, massive issues for us. Um, we have lost personnel. Uh, Madinoff has left the club. Keir McCoy's moved on. Um, but we brought in a, a young player in Rio Hardy. She's 27. She joins us from Durham. She had a great season last season, played 19 games with uh, seven goals and an assist. Um, so I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing what she'll do for us in a, in a poor position. Um, Jane Ross will hopefully be back in after an ACL injury. Um, and we've also brought in another centre-back in Michelle Coulson, who is a Belgian international and has won, I think, four uh, Belgian Super Leagues with Anderlecht, as well as a Belgian Super Cup. And as I said, she's a Belgian international. So when you're looking at kind of personnel coming in, we're getting some really, really strong and good quality players in, um, especially when we need them centre-backs a position. I think we need to kind of look into, uh, we're still in talks with Hannah Davison, whether she'll come back, and obviously Lisa Martinez getting a CL injury. Um, so with that's a position for me as well as maybe another striker and another midfielder that needs to fill as well. Fab, your knowledge of the women's games incredible. I caught a wee bit of the the opener of the World Cup today, the women's World Cup today. Um, I thought it was quite good. The trial in the whole. I don't know if you've seen it, Rhiannon, but the the, the penalty that was given to New Zealand two minutes to go or something like that, and the the, the ref went over to check the, the screen, and it was a clear penalty. It was a, a handball, a clear penalty. They took a snigger because Gio went for a pee there, by the way, and there's a secret. <laughs> so don't anybody think that they're laughing at anything else here, right? But the referee went away to look at this, look at the screen, and when she came back, they connected her mic to the, the stadium PA, and she was able to to say to the fans that it was a penalty. It was a handball, um, and it was a penalty. I think it has to still improve slightly, but the communication towards the supporters, they're certainly looking into it because when you're at a game and there's a VAR decision, <laughs> sometimes you have not got Scooby-Doo what's going on there and what they're checking for and whatever else. But I don't know if you caught any of the games today, Rhiannon. I did, actually. I was up and I actually watched the um, the New Zealand-Norway game because uh, the New Zealand goalkeeper, Victoria Essen, is actually a Rangers goalkeeper um, and the, the club announced today she has signed an extension. Fab. So not only was she involved in New Zealand's first ever World Cup game and men's or women's World Cup, um, she's signed an extension. So that's uh, fantastic. Fab. But I did watch the game. Um, 
And as someone I've, I've not really had to use Val too much this, this season, the only kind of game that I've kind of been with was Val was this, the Women's Scottish Cup final. Um, and there was a, an offside goal, but I think having the refs explain why decisions are made is only going to benefit fans. Um, you couldn't really hear too much on the television what the ref was saying, but she did go over and she explained, you know, as far as I'm aware is, when these decisions are made, the referees are make up to, to explain it is a penalty and we give a penalty for yes. X, Y and Z. Um, yes, so I think that will only help uh, build communication to fans as to what's going on because you should yeah. see at the stadium when you're kind of going, what the fuck's happening? Yeah. And it's, they actually, they, Rhiannon, they do do that in the men's games uh, in Australia, believe it or not. They've, they've actually make up the referee and, and, and allow him to chat and they've done that. They've been doing that for a wee while in Australia. Not just for TV broadcast, but again, like you said, I mean, football, football, particularly the women's games, is a, is a rapidly evolving sport, and and they the, the bring more engagement from the fans and to bring fans into it. The, the, I, this is something that's really exciting. Whether or not we can move that to the men's games because it's a wee bit more tribal is, is probably a wee bit further down the line. But it's brilliant to see, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I would agree with that. You can just picture Willie Collum trying to explain. Apparently, <laughs> oh dear, dear, is that oh, written God. all over it? Uh, it'd, be, it'd, be, it'd be drowned out by booze, yes, uh, totally, totally. John Beaton standing in the middle of the center circle, going, Wait a minute, guys, you're not explaining, <laughs> but you fucking won't. <laughs> Come on, lads, I'm trying to get to the crown bar for fuck's sake, let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks very much, Rhiannon, for coming on. Your your knowledge of the of the women's uh, team is is fantastic, um, and I really hope that we're celebrating league titles in, in both the the men and the women this season. Um, and Rangers rule once again. That would be nice. Thank you so much for having me, guys. No bother. Cheers, Rhiannon. Cheers, Cheers. Rhiannon. Bye bye. Bye. Aye, so I don't know if anybody's seen that with the with the VAR thing they did, but it was actually quite interesting. The only thing is, is they never they never mic'd her up to the TV. All right. <laughs> you know, I suppose you can see it on the telly, but it would be nice. It's a bit, it's a bit like it when you watch NFL and the referee makes a decision. You know, mm. he walks across the set, like takes thing, clicks a button, and he goes, "No." Decision on the field has been called, you know, that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. You can get rugby as well. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, it's, it's brilliant yeah, in the rugby game as well. Huge in the rugby yeah. game. I, listen, I, I, I'm a, I, I used to go to quite a lot of, I used to go to quite a lot of um, Ulster rugby matches as well. I used to be a season ticket there, and I don't know if you know this, but a lot of a lot of the games they play, they actually have wee headphones that you can buy for the games, and it's ref, ref cans or something like that. So you actually hear the referees' decisions the whole way through the, the 80 right. minutes of the game where they're playing rugby. Football will never do that. Football will no. never do that, you know. But again, the, in, in that in that evolving entertainment sport that we're in now, it, something has to change. But um, yeah. that'll be interesting. I've seen the, I've seen the Aussie one you're talking about, and um, the, the explaining the decision, and it's all mic'd up. Yeah. It's mic'd up, and you can hear him chat, chatting to the thing. Is it a penalty? And then you can hear the the linesman, and he's. Mm. Um, Aussie accent, and he's extremely high pitched and nasally. It's actually quite funny. The poor boy. <laughs> Sorry, Paul, I was going to say... Is he high-pitched like that? Aye, but do you have a nosy accent? I've just looked like Ange and just look at the ground. <laughs> Here, 
just very quickly on referees, there's a there's a there's a clip from the Irish League matches. I can't remember when it was, but there's a referee in Northern Ireland, and he's not mic'd up or anything, but he does it that you can read his lips that well, and he just I think he says something like, "For fuck's sake, calm down, would you?" Like this, <laughs> yeah. and you can see the whole thing, and he turns to one of the players and goes, "For fuck's sake, calm down, would you?" Like this, so. <laughs> Exclusive now. We actually have the the. <laughs> We actually have the recordings of Mike McCurry when he was a when he was a referee in Scotland. If you'd like to purchase those, please contact the podcast. They'll find fine listening. Fine, fine listening. Um, here you go, Scott on the, the helium. Funny as I thought you were calling me something there on the helium. I've not got helium, it's just a fancy button. Flaming <laughs> Um I think that's us near enough. Hamburg, we're playing Hamburg. I know that hour and a half down, I think. Usually, this is the part we say TDO, but Hamburg preview. We're playing Hamburg at the weekend. Mm. <laughs> We've been told that Dessers <laughs> will feature the title, the title. The title of the broadcast is Rangers v Hamburg. We're another half end, okay. Hamburg at the weekend. <laughs> <Jesus. laughs> the Alberts Derby, stroke the Olympian Derby. Um, is, is taking place at the weekend. Hamburg will bring the the supporters in the thousands. We know that there's a there's a long standing um, friendship there between Rangers and Hamburg. Tom Lawrence could be back um, in the in a Rangers blue that, this weekend, which is I've seen you, Paul. Him and Ruth are just like new signings yeah. um, because we've not seen them in long enough. I mean, Tom Lawrence hasn't even been able to be picked under Michael Beale, uh, which is fantastic um, that, that he's back and, and almost ready even if he doesn't make Saturday, he's almost ready. Kamar Roof, we just hope can stay fit um, and, and lead, because Kamar Roof's probably, I don't know, I don't know a lot about the, the, the new strikers, but Kamar Roof is probably the best striker we've had at the club since he joined. He's the most lethal striker in whole of Scottish yeah. football He's incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. Um, he brings something different to our team as well. He was fantastic that season. We won 55. If we yeah. can keep him fit, he is a real asset to Michael Beale this season. Um, is he in the last year, Scott? Is this the last year of his contract? I'm not sure, mate. I'm well, not sure. I, think good, I think he's got two years to go. Has he, yeah. I? I think... Listen, just see, just for his sheer ability and goal-scoring progress alone, it's why I, I feel it's worth the gamble. It's worth the risk. Um, to try and test him out, and, and Bill quite rightly let him go early last season to go and get the the surgery on his hip, which was apparently causing problem uh, elsewhere, you know, in the groin and well, whatever well, else. Well, it, well, it would do because he's, <laughs> cause he's, his his body's having to compensate for that. So do his his yeah. back and his groin yeah. and and his calves and uh, yeah. yeah. So we're just hopeful that Kamaru can stay, you know, fit. Um, for the majority of the season, can can get his, he's getting you close to twenty goals if he's fit. Let's face it, um, and you add him to Dessers, you add him to Lammers, uh, and the rest. Like we're talking about Sima, um, possibly Danilo. You're looking at Cantwell to get you at ten to fifteen goals a season as well. Dill's a set piece specialist as well as James Tavernier, you know, and, and Tavernier on penalties. There's goals all over that side now. You've got height at set pieces now that you can hopefully take advantage of. Um, the future's looking bright. It's looking orange and blue. navy blue stripes. <laughs> the future's looking yeah, real. Uh, <laughs> the future. Beal ball. 
as Jay said, again, wrestling fans, Beal Ball Baby um, is certainly uh, well underway. Ahead of Saturday, what we're looking for, Paul, where results are immaterial at this stage of the season. It's all about performance. It's all about fitness. It's all about getting a look at uh, new signings and, and also people getting a fresh start at the club as well. Yeah, I think um, it is. Uh, it's getting it's an old cliche, but more minutes in the legs. Um, a, a good performance would be lovely. A couple of goals uh, against our German cousins. So obviously, uh, be, um, it'd be a good atmosphere. I like to sort of uh, the, the bars and uh, hostelries of Glasgow were packed out with uh, red, white, and blue, um, and people enjoying themselves. But no, I think on the footballing side, I think I think it's very oofed. Very important to uh, to have a, a a good performance. <laughs> oh, it's important to have a good performance. Uh, I, it'd be nice to see uh, Dessers, uh, Roof, and um, Lawrence on the park, and uh, see how they are performing and how they are settling in. Gio, yes, mate. Ahead of Saturday, what we're looking for um, again? We're just wanting to get minutes in the legs, as Paul says. Yeah, um, some goals. Uh, Big bottling in from the start. Yeah, Red Van in. Um, hopefully, if Sterling's fit and, and he, he's back, I know he hasn't been fit lately, but maybe even if he is fit enough to make the bench, <clears> give him a give him a, give him a wee run out at home, let the fans see him. I think we'll probably start with Suter and, and thing again. Maybe Balogun will come in from the start and, and maybe drop Suter out and give him a wee bit of a rest and give him the second half. I think he'll probably change up the midfield a wee bit as well, mate. He'll, he'll probably start with Dial again, maybe drop Cantwell back in, which allows Roof and Lammers and maybe even um, Dessers to come in as well. And obviously, hopefully, we get to see um, Lawrence again. Lawrence was a big, big miss for me when he got injured. He, he looked to be really starting off the season and, and, and really good for me. I think he gives us something a wee bit different in that we don't have a lot of players that shoot from outside the box. Um, and he, he likes to dig from outside the box. No big Lundstrom does as well, but in more in that in that advanced role. So I think we'll see a slightly different game plan. Not as strong as Newcastle, obviously. So I think we'll probably get a wee bit more of the ball. But look again, it's another good another good test. Another good another good team. The German, I know Hamburger in the German second division, but it's still a very very good test. And, it, and it's a great club as well. Uh, you know, a brilliant friendly to organise for the club and for the fans. I've just removed eighteen eighty eight CFC. He says, "Oh, was he run in?" That McGregor Tifo, though, with Hunter's a laughing face, I presume he means it was a Tifo that was spelt right, because obviously, usually their own gangrene brigade don't really manage to spell things correctly. So, yes, I'm sure it's it's funny to, to see one that's, that's spelt correctly. And Alan McGregor, what can we no, say? I think, the thing is, he wouldn't, he wouldn't know if it was spelt correctly because, you know, education and all that. But like generally, all jokes aside, what, what, what is it? Yeah, jokes. Why, why do the, why do the I kids... I don't know. I mean, ah, why, I genuinally, mate, I, I would I, never I, in a million I, years decide I'm going to go on a Celtic podcast and talk about fucking Rangers. It just wouldn't even enter my psyche. Most rational, normal people wouldn't do it. And the boy's still probably sitting there now listening to us. But I told you last week, though, we had somebody on Twitter who... who put out there, I said it on last week on the pod, who put out every new signing that we've made this summer. Their height. How many clubs they've had in the last ten years? Just frightening behaviour, as far as I'm concerned. I couldn't care less what what they were up to and what they did. No interest in me. If we do our business correctly, I'm confident Rangers will will get there. Um, and with it, as Alan McGregor says, with the greatest fans in the world behind them, who could who could stop them? Let's face it. And that's that's what we're looking for this season. Um, my thanks to policies to. Well, how have you found it, mate, Ashley? 
long. <laughs> no, no, it's been good. No, it's, it's, look, look, we stories it's no, it's always good to talk amongst about Rangers amongst your pals, and it's always good to talk about Rangers um, to to the people watching. Um, we've got a great little community here, and um, it's nice to see that. They're interacting with us. It's nice to see them interacting with each other in the group chat as well. Um, so yeah, it's, it's great. It's always, it's always good. Yeah. Geo, first one back. How have you found it, mate? Love the milk. Love the milk. That's a wee bit loud, though. I can't hear myself thinking here. You know here. I know. <laughs> we can hear you. We can hear you. <laughs> no, mate. Listen, like Paul said, it, it, you know, we say this every time, don't we? It's just. We're just sitting around talking to our mates about football and we're doing it, whether or not we'll be doing it on a podcast or sitting on the phone, leaving each other voice notes or sitting in a pub doing it. Just love talking about Rangers and it's brilliant. And again, I, I will say this every time we're on, mate, thanks to everybody jumping in on the comments. It, it just lends to it. Love everybody coming in. And, you know, we don't always agree with their comments and, and, and that's what's brilliant about it. We'll have debates, we'll have sort of discussions about it, but um, we'll keep coming back and doing it every week, mate. We'll, we'll keep coming back and doing it every week as long as Glasgow Rangers keep playing as long as people want to watch us come back as well, that's the thing. Yeah, but still just sit here just chatting when nobody's watching it. Exactly, same. As long as Park just keep playing, I like that. I like that because a few people have tried to kill us over the years, you know. Exactly, we're still standing, we're still here. Exactly, brother. Uh, exactly. titles were still going strong and all that jazz, you know. Um, thanks to Jay and thanks to Rhiannon for uh, coming on the show. It's not always easy, by the way, to come on the show in front of. All right, it's only on the phone, but in front of everybody and, and air an opinion. Um, we do it every week and get ridiculed every week. <laughs> but when you don't do it, it's not really, it's not really, um, you know, the, the easiest thing in the world today. So thanks very much to them. Anybody else that's willing to come on the podcast in the future, give us a shout, get on. We'll, 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 we'll be discussing topics every single week. Um, that are relevant, beat, obviously. To beat, beat, beat the podder. Beat, the, beat podder. the podder. We need to get beat the podder back. Now we've get, you know, we've made a few purchases at the podcast to be able to bring beat the podder back. So hopefully we can get that back up and running this season. Beat, it's just beat Gio. Yeah, beat just, Gio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Paul. Me and you have had it, right? Me and you have had it. Um, yeah. I won mine, I should say. Undefeated. I let. I think it's I let people win because I'm a nice guy. And the problem but is, listen, I'm, I'm going to be totally honest with you, and, I, and I, I genuinely mean this. I know fuck all about any other football club other than Glasgow Rangers. So you ask me stuff about Rangers, and I'll answer questions. But see, asking me where fucking Partick Thistle play, wouldn't have a clue. Broadway no, or something. Falkirk play at Broadway. No, they don't. Uh, well, there you go. See what I mean? So they anything about the Rangers? Wins Baz back just quickly before we go. Wins Baz back. Baz will be back when he gets out a camper van. <laughs> he's away on holiday at the moment and he's in a camper he's, van. A caveat, he's not with the morals. No. Or, 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 or in a police pound. No. Oh, he's certainly not. He's certainly not. Um, but obviously the most important thank you is to you guys that contribute in the chat every week. It might be, you know, daft for you to sit and, and type a comment, but I tell you what, we read every single one of them that comes in. The yeah. ones that legally we can put on the screen, we put on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> There's some that I've had to gloss over this evening. Um, but keep coming back. We'll be back next week, uh, Thursday night again. Same time, same place. Getting ready to go. We'll be looking at Hamburg, back at the Hamburg game, um, and see what's, what the script is um, there, see what the result is. And then 
Of course, we'll have also have Olympiacos in there as well. Olympiacos. Mm-hmm. Another good night. test, and some some yeah, really definitely. good games coming up. Some good yeah. hard games. I I think that's brilliant. I think I think for a long time we've, we've played. We've gone down maybe into England and played some sort of lower level sort of English championship Tran-Mir. teams. Or, yeah, and, and again we can we can yeah we can run out and win sort of like three four and five nil, but it doesn't really get us ready. We need that. We need really need to hit the ground running with these European games around the corner as well. So I I like these hard games. I think the Newcastle test showed us a lot, and I think going forward we'll we'll learn a lot from these games coming I would, forward. So I good. would I would rather lose these really tough um, preseason matches so it puts you in good stead so you can kick on for Europe. Then go down and you say win mm. three, four, five, six, nil. It's a balance, it's isn't it, though, Paul? It's a, it's a, it's a balance, isn't it, mate? Because yeah. you want to, you want to build that confidence and, and yeah. You know. But but that, but that's where the management kick in and say this is level opposition against. Look, look that that team there, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. half million. Fuck's sake, you two can just fucking rabbit on all night here. Can you people get their beds to go in? Scott, we do see with me and Paul. See for last year when me and Paul were doing the show. Honestly, mate, every week I would come up, Paul, 45 minutes, mate, no more, no less, 45 minutes. And see, at fucking quarter to 10, I'd be still sitting here talking shit. Honestly. <laughs> Next week's pod, we can discuss how playing Hoffenheim, Olympiacos, and Hamburg is better than playing Blackpool, Tranmere, and fucking Darby. Right, we'll do that then. All right? Right, okay. Go. Right, okay. Oh, I can't believe he's doing this to you. I mean, you and I love this club so much, we just have to talk about it. Oh, hashtag when I was a young boy, my father said to me, Put this scarf around your neck and sing the blues with me. And now I am much older. There's a place I want to be. It's red faucet, it's beautiful, it's steeped in history. And I know what I'll find when the place comes alive. I got that battle fever coming over me. And I got.